Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Give it to me! Hey everyone, I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you, where we offer practical, real-life tips and inspiration to help you make your best things. From decorating and gardening advice to entertaining and home repair how-tos, It's a Thing can show you how. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Is it just pattern recognition that every mission statement seems to apply perfectly to the show? (laughs) I guess the question we should probably be asking is whether every mission statement applies perfectly to everything. But decorating, but gardening advice, good. entertaining, maybe and home, home repair. repair how-tos went a little afield for us, but yeah. Maybe. But I think we did an episode about how you can learn how to do anything on YouTube. Right. So, arguably, so it's not that far. Yeah. Didn't we I think about how-tos? If not, we should have. Uh, yeah. That is uh, our intro. This today was based on the mission statement of thespruce.com. That's right. Our favorite verification source, or at least mine, because it frequently applies to things that are my things. I consider it the wire cutter of other stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And I believe, uh, depending on, uh, I think your first thing could show up there. I, I, could, I could see it. Think it. I think it would. I think it could. I think it might. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I found it. Uh, uh, my link is from the veganreview.com. <laughs> that, that gives you a hint where we're headed. Uh, date syrup. And no, this is not a bumble thing. This is <laughs> the fruit, the, the fruit date. Uh, but also other honey replacements. Uh, they, they, they've been growing in popularity and, uh, being promoted by Whole Foods. Uh, mm-hmm. as a healthy alternative to honey, which is perfectly healthy, <laughs> but I digress. But it's not vegan. It's that not never vegan. stopped anyone. True, it's not vegan. So if you're vegan, then date syrup would be a, a, something important to be like, yeah, I don't want anything that, that even has insects involved in it. Uh, that's fair. But it's, it's not, Whole Foods is kind of like, slathering on a patina of like you should you should switch if you're switching to date syrup for your health and i'm like okay um yeah 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 but but uh people are are trying out all kinds of replacements for honey and it it is one of those things kind of like gluten-free stuff where it starts with a real reason in this case like i'm a vegan and and i don't want to use honey that that's produced by bees uh but a lot of other people are jumping on and saying oh this is this is tasty or this is good or i want to try it i love it i mean honestly i would try it like it sounds delicious and and as this article points out commercial honey production is pretty terrible on bees which are in a lot of trouble so like i like a lot of things about this even though i have never heard of it and i expect to start seeing it everywhere now i bet i will it feels like a it's ripe for a bader meinhof moment for many people in our audience including totally where you're gonna go to the gelson's or the whole foods or the you know the the snooty grocery store the next time and be like oh agave syrup date syrup oh yeah it's all over the place a hundred percent that's so interesting so there's agave date 
apparently all kinds of other ones. Dandelion syrup. Maple oh. syrup. Maple syrup. As right. a replacement it's for honey. I was like, honey. oh, genius. Yeah. Duh. Right. Of course. Just from trees. Fascinating. Yeah. Especially really if you're try. not getting a maple syrup that's meant like a, I wouldn't use a dark maple syrup necessarily, but something that's a little like, got, doesn't have like the, the really mapley flavor. It'd be perfect. Yeah. Could huh. be totally delicious. Yeah, I kind of I'm I'm compelled. I want to try date syrup. I really like dates as a sweetener in general. Like I've made date cakes and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And they're good. I've um, uh dates in baked goods are always good. So yeah, this makes sense to me. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And it's a very hardy plant. Like there's lots of like uh date plants you can grow them in kind of desert environments and stuff. Oh, I that's I hadn't even thought about that aspect of it. You're right. It's it's more it's possibly more sustainable because it's not a water intensive crop. Right. Could be. I would hope. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That makes sense. Cause dates grow in the desert. Oh. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, oh. like by Palm Springs and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm going to take us in just like a dramatically different direction. So where we were previously talking about veganism and shopping at whole foods and mm, mm-hmm. putting dates and baking. Now I'm just going to talk about slap fighting. <laughs> slap. <laughs> Wait a minute. You, do you mean like, <laughs> people slapping each other apparently like just on the street people like getting angry and slap slapping it's like a little pseudo freaking sport and people start doing it oh it's insane wait pro pro slap fighting well now they're adding it to the ufc oh it has become such a thing. I literally just found out about it. And then like three days later, like on November 11th, I see this article about oh how the UFC is, go- is creating the Power Slap League. The, the SFC is <laughs> the Slap Fighting Championship. Slap fighting! Oh my gosh. This is the stupidest, most dangerous. Like, it came up on a walk, and a friend of mine was like, Oh, yeah, I know my friend. I was at a party, and my friend is an ER doc and was saying, like, I keep having like young men and women come in with like inner ear injuries and like oh brain gosh. injuries. Because what they do is they get into like a power stance mm-hmm. and they like straight arm, like go back and forth a couple times to build up some power and just <laughs> slap. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm not gonna not gonna lie. My it's, my first reaction of like, do you mean people slapping in the street was very obviously, uh, you know, me playing dumb for the for the bit. But everything after that was a genuine reaction because I had not looked at this. That's crazy. It's crazy. It is literally the dumbest, most dangerous. I mean, this article, right? This article is like. It would seem that this sport is designed specifically to concuss its contestants. Right? Like, okay. I'm shocked that we didn't have this before because anything humans do, they turn into a competition or some of us do, right? Uh, Like the fact that this is in its earliest days means it is in its scariest phase, right? People used to play full on rugby, not even NFL, rugby without helmets, where you're like allowed to throw people down. Rugby's solution was to put in more rules about throwing people down and hitting them. The NFL just armored everyone up, but eventually everybody dealt with it one way or another. Like this is like the wild west. You're just I mean, standing there getting slapped. Horrible. You just stand there and get slapped. Here's the here's this piece from n.as.com, which I think is like some like a sports news site based in Qatar, maybe. A few things are certain here, is the last paragraph. 
First, slap fighting is not a valid sport. <laughs> Second, slap fighting is insanely popular. And third, Dana White and the UFC will make a ton of money from it. And in the end, that is all that will matter. You know, I'm going to argue that first one. I think it might be a valid sport. You can make a sport out of anything. I'm not saying it is, it's a good idea. Well, yeah. But if you can compete. Yeah. And you literally, you just slap each other in the face until somebody falls down. One person's already died. Oh, my God. After competing in a slap fighting gala. I mean. Where I assume he competed multiple times over the. I mean, this is like the most insane. Like, people cannot. This is how Asimov's third law comes to pass. Because. <laughs> Like, people cannot be saved from themselves. We, Slap fighting! We, <laughs> this is a gift, all right? This is how I'm going to look at it. This is a gift because we live in a heavily regulated time. We as humans uh, have have co- learned to communicate and interact so much, and we've shared so much information that we have had few things left to discover for us <laughs> to do. <laughs> Uh, there was a time when boxing was just people wailing on each other. And over time, uh, it got genteeled and, and, and boxing gloves came along and rules about hitting the head. Uh, it is rare. It is rare in the 21st century to come across a piece of human behavior that is in its infancy. And I'm going to call it in 20 years, there will be Olympic slap fighting and there'll be oh, headgear and rules about, we, oh, he violated the, you know, right. the 180 degree Concussion plane protocol. rule. Uh, that's dangerous. You know, people died in the early days of slap fighting from that kind of like, that's all going to happen because mm-hmm. people, the fact that it's popular, people are like, yeah, but all I know it's dangerous, but also it's really fun to watch. I mean, it's just, it's just <laughs> literally like. Your basest instincts about energy. Yes. Like dumb, tan, ripped people, <laughs> like slapping each other in the face. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I can't Humanity believe Humanity never fails. I'm not going to lie. This may be among your top five best things you've ever I brought think to the show. It legit might be. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I don't know if I've ever come up with this a better is really, thing. This, this is, is really good. Incredible. Yeah. I was not expecting professional sport. When I saw the words slap <laughs> fighting in the in the doc, that is not that's not where I, I thought we were going. That's incredible. Yeah. Slap fighting. I love this article too. I just put this in the Discord because the article was like, uh, imagine a four-year-old invented the rules for a combat sport. <laughs> Whatever you have in your head, you're probably not far away from the reality. Yeah. And you were like, Yeah, wow. It's gonna evolve. That's my that's my guess is that mm-hmm. they'll start putting in the rules because people are like, Yeah, that is dangerous, but we we still want to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Uh, well, if you, and I'm sure there are many of you out there who are like, this sounds awful, slap fighting. How barbaric. I want nothing to do with it. I just want to sit and enjoy my book. And how do I make that book, that physical book, that piece of printed material better? And the answer, my friends, is alternate book jackets. <laughs> there is, go to Etsy and look, a whole oh, culture of alternate book jackets to make that set of books look the way you want them to look on the shelf. Make them look the way you want them to look in your hands as you sit at the coffee shop staring across the long table in your cappuccino uh, at the other person who happens to be watching slap fighting on their phone. No, this is this is a cool thing. And I heard about this. I got to give full credit to Reading Glasses, the Reading Glasses podcast, because they did a whole segment on it. 
on their show this week. Uh, but this, there's a whole culture around this uh, where some people just say, like, I don't really like the way these look from the publisher or like in Harry Potter's case, I have different versions that had different mm-hmm. jackets over time. Cause I didn't buy them all at the same time. So I want, I want a uniform on them. Some people are like, I mean, it's an Isaac Asimov book that I just bought brand new, but I wanted to have the first edition cover. Cause that looks cool. Um, right. And then there's even people who are like, yeah, I'm, I'm reading Harry Potter, but I want to, people to think i'm reading foucault so i'm gonna put a different jacket around it uh there's there's tons of reasons for this most of them do have to do with style where people are like the the default jacket that comes with the book doesn't really look right to me i want i want to have like a, a different aesthetic on my shelf yeah i just found these um ones on Etsy that are a set of seven minimalistic Harry Potter mm-hmm. dust jackets cool. that are beautiful. Yeah. Like really be- This is so interesting too, because it's the evolution of like when you used to put a, like a quilted cover. Uh huh. If you were, for example, a middle-aged lady on an airplane, you'd put a quilted cover because you didn't want to mess up your dust jacket right. or more likely because it was like a romance. They got hugely popular during that 50 shades of gray period that we all went through together. <laughs> the wars. But then I, at some point, people must have realized, like, oh, here's some, like, leather-bound dragon covers that are just, like, fantasy heaven. Yeah. And, oh, the, and there, there's the Etsy thing is where you follow the people who make really cool stuff, and you're like, oh, I like their designs, you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to bring that in. Uh, but, yeah, there's a, there's a whole subculture around this. And it has very little to do with protecting the book. Right. That's over. It's really about design in this case. Yeah, I love that. What a great evolution. And Um, bless people for still reading books. And um, kind of, oh, you know what? I was about to say that, Saray. Saray said, I made alternate book jackets for my mom when I could only afford to give her an inexpensive book for Christmas. A way to like, uh, to, to, you know, help uh, a good Chris, a good gift idea is why I guess where I'm going like that, whether it's doing what Saray did, which is really sweet, uh, or even just giving people the jackets to put on the books they already have, you know, to gussy up their shelves. Yeah, it's very cool. And Joe pointed out, uh, uh, that, uh, this goes with the color coded bookshelves thing. Oh my God. It totally does. That is so smart. Oh, this is incredible. I also am kind of obsessed with these leather bound dragon ones. And I sort of want to get them for my those niece because she's just really like sweet. a little bit goth. <laughs> yeah. oh, incredible. Um, well, I rue the day that my niece gets old enough to try whatever the current trend is of doing weird things to your face. And the latest version of that is bleached eyebrows. Oh, that's a, are, are we, are we, I mean, not, not bleached eyebrows, not a new thing, but you're saying no, they're, but it's huge right they're, now. They're blowing up. They're blowing up right now. Bleached eyebrows are, as I call them, stealth eyebrows. Cause you can't see them anymore. Cause you bleached can't see them. them. Can't see them anymore. Cause you bleached them and they're kind of a, they're grunge. Like this is a nineties return thing. Uh huh. Um, but right now, for whatever reason, it's just completely Kendall Jenner, Kim Kardashian, Cara Delevingne, Precious Lee, and Bella Hadid. And then I knew that it was really a thing right now when I saw that Julia Fox had it. Julia Fox, of course, of Uncut Jams, <laughs> who is becoming a high. Remember that brief period where Cardi B was like a really unexpectedly trenchant social commentator? Yeah, yeah. That's Julia Fox now. She really likes presidential history. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Julia Fox has a message for the beauty industry. Stop marketing skincare as anti-aging. Yeah. So there she is with her like bleached eyebrows mm-hmm. and no other makeup. And she's like, aging is fully in, like fully. I mean, that video by itself was a thing and it's fantastic. And it's been Ooh. written about a million different ways and it's great. But more importantly, I was like, holy crap, she has the bleached eyebrows. And it's everywhere. Hair. And the gray hair. Like the dyed gray, like like the thing that you were on a while back. Yeah. The silver Dying hair. Dyed hair gray. Yeah. Totally. Uh-huh. So my son has a friend who died, who bleached her eyebrows and this is before I realized that it was like spreading everywhere. I didn't know. And she like came in and I was like, ah, which you should never do to a teenage girl. That was not the no, right response. That's hard. Though. Not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it can be startling mm-hmm. looking <laughs> can be startling. You really got to like, you really got to go all the way with the bleach. Cause if you have like a little bit of the, if it's not all the way bleached, it's a little oh, yeah. upsetting kind of. Anyway, it's is like there a step where right that now. just goes to shaved eyebrows or is it, are, the, the, are those unconnected? I don't know. Maybe that's next. Yeah. Because you would almost have to shave them, I guess, to get back because otherwise you're going to have ombre. Or you're going to have eyebrow roots. Oh, yeah. How do, you do have that? Eyebrow that, roots? No, that's a fascinating question because eyebrow hair does just kind of fall out over time. Yeah. Does it get all peppery <laughs> after a while and you have to dye it back to brown or yeah. whatever? I don't don't know. I mean, this is a bold one, but it's, 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 it's really, it was apparently a big, big one in 2021, but I feel like it's just all of a sudden that was like maybe only the the model models. (laughs) It has not slowed down. Maybe it's that it's rolling into the actual like social set of normal everyday teenagers as opposed to like models doing it. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. I'm sorry. Whatever Julia Fox is doing right this second is the biggest thing there is full stop. Yeah. For the time being, she is a nexus, a thing she nexus. is a nexus, fully. <laughs> uh, also, every one of you are a nexus just by listening to this show. But if you want to like raise your game to like a Julia Fox level, you send us an email spotting a thing. And that's exactly what Landon did on Retro Futurism. Hi, Tom, Molly, and producer Rich. I've been obsessed with anything retrofuturism since I was a teen, years ago now, so I'm feeling seen now that it has finally become a thing. You might have fun looking up specific retrofuturistic aesthetics. Most people know steampunk and cyberpunk, but there seems to be no end to the list of punks. Candlepunk, Atompunk, Raypunk, Afropunk, Teslapunk, and my favorites, Dieselpunk and Decopunk. All Whoa. seem to fall under the retro futurism umbrella. Anyway, I enjoy the show and I always look forward to the next one as soon as I've finished listening. Thank you, Landon. I mean, can we call ourselves Thing Punk? Oh, we will. Yes. <laughs> Are we starting thing now? Punk? Yeah. Uh, the, um, the only one that he amazing. didn't mention that I know of, but I don't think it counts as retro futurism. So that's probably why Landon didn't mention it is Elf Punk is a, is a style of sci fi. Oh my God. That's actually awesome. Yeah. And I would imagine art. There must be a ton. Oh, of sure. Oh, yes. Art out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. Amber in North Texas wrote in subject line Free will is a myth. Producer's note strong start. <laughs> 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 and Amber says, Hi, the three things, Skateers. <laughs> How is this taking so long? That's wonderful. That's Every time she says, I'm going innocently about my week, feeling individualistic and unique. It's a thing comes sprinting in to yank me back down to reality. Last week, I was listening on my earbuds while working and looked down at the sneaker sesh during the sneaker sesh at the all white Air Force Ones that both my assistant and I were wearing. 
Today, I was driving home from work, still feeling slightly ill from the sheer volume of chips and elote I consumed for lunch (laughs) and decided to catch up on this week's episode. Thank you for reminding me that free will does not exist and my actions are in fact ruled by the (laughs) oppressive thing overlords. If you'll excuse me, I have to shop for ramen noodles. Thanks for all you do. (laughs) I am imagining Amber with the alternate book jacket and bleached eyebrows. <laughs> I mean, the you know, if you're rocking the like the all white Air Force ones, the, the bleached eyebrows are just a hop skip With away. The date syrup sweetened latte uh, uh, and uh, some slap fighting up on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> and you are the most interesting person in the world. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Mina wrote in with some seaweed thoughts. Uh, Hi, Tom and Molly. I recently discovered your podcast and it brings me so much joy. So thank you. Last week, I tried Korean style fried seaweed for the first time and now I'm obsessed. I try to avoid fried foods, but this is too delicious not to try once in a while. The version I tried is called Pasak Kim Kimbogak. And I found it at my local Korean grocery store for $2.99. Attached is a picture of the bag notice uh, of the bag. Notice the auntie wearing the bright floral outfit. I trust her completely to run a mean kitchen. H Mart has a couple of different versions online, but I haven't tried them yet. Um, I just want you guys to know that Tom totally read that. That was written in Korean. The name. Oh, the Hongul. Tom read yeah. it. Yeah. I, the Duolingo's paying Ew. off. I'm not sure if I got it exactly right, but it was I don't close care. Enough. I'm hella impressed. And <laughs> thank thank goodness you read that one because I was going to be like, it's called this or that. <laughs> Amazing. Mink sent in a note for producer Rich, but it's good for everyone. The unreasonably good call outs in this episode of It's a Thing where Tom Merritt was a character reminded me that there's a novel where Molly Wood is a character. There's also a movie Extant where Halle Berry plays Molly Woods. Judge's ruling, if that's close enough. Sure. In the book slash movie, The Virginian, which, yes, I have totally read, they describe Molly Wood as, quote, a young woman from Vermont who moves to Wyoming to become a school teacher. Molly is educated and enjoys working with children. <laughs> <laughs> Literally past me, I'm sure. In a past life, just had to share since Tom's name came up. I hope I'm not spoiling a surprise Rich had already planned. Also, Merit Properties owns a bunch of business park style buildings around and outside of Baltimore. So I see the name plastered around an unreasonable amount. How much money are you all making from It's a Thing? And can you get into real estate with it? <laughs> <laughs> I kid. I look forward to one day throwing money at you for all this glorious nonsense. Ah, uh, thank you, Mink. Uh, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Molly Wood, a young woman from Montana who moves to California. To become a journalist and enjoys I mean, working with children, <laughs> right? Like it's not that far apart. Yeah, no, I mean, one. It's just a, a you know, Vermont to Wyoming is the Montana to California of the time the Virginian is set in. Really, hundred percent, hundred percent. The Merritt Properties thing makes me think of Lake Merritt in Oakland. And when I lived near Lake Merritt in Oakland, my cousin came to visit and just could not stop laughing at all the things named Merritt in the neighborhood. Uh, she was like, this must just crack you up all the time. I'm like, I kind of got used to it. Like but you yeah, pretty much had pretty to funny. move here. Seriously, Merritt yeah. Bakery. Yeah, yep, yep. The Baltimore stuff too, like uh, the Merritt family origins in the United States mostly came from Thomas Merritt, uh, who came to Maryland. Uh, and then to Connecticut. So there's probably, there's probably, it's probably a swath of merits that I'm distantly related to back there. Oh, I love it. 
Um, all right, let's see. We got one more here. Oh, Harish, Harish wants to create a thing. Hey, Tom, Molly, and Rich, just listened to your show about ikigai and thought if we're making up Japanese words, which by the way, it's not a made up word, just not a very popular word. But anyway, Harish says, if we're making up Japanese words and making them a thing anyway, why not one of our own? I give you tomori, <laughs> which I didn't check to see if it's a real word. And if it is, if it's offensive, so <laughs> our apologies, but it's T-O-M-O-R-I for Tom, Molly, and Rich. Uh, definition, the quiet satisfaction of knowing a thing before your friends and family. Usage, man, I've seen those shows everywhere these days, said John. <laughs> Tom smiled, feeling a sense of Tomery, and said, oh, those? Those are Hucka Clifton 8s. Yep, they're all the rage now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then adds can't wait for the book and the HuffPo article about it from you guys love the show exactly I only was able to find Tomori as in Tomori now is a cool yet adorable girl who wears her platinum blonde silver hair and two tails up she can be a little rude but also very kind (laughs) that's great I I, I love being uh, distantly associated to that that's awesome exactly oh my god that's incredible you guys are the best and you continue to be and help us create the best part of the show, the shout outs. Thank My you goodness. for supporting us at the shout out level, patreon.com slash it's a thing at any level, but particularly the shout out level, which allows us to bring you custom crafted courtesy of the re rich in Tomori. <laughs> yes. <And this. laughs> uh, if you are a patron at the top shout out level at patreon.com slash it's a thing, uh, your shout out today will not be like other shows where they just say your name and thanks. It will be based on Steve Jobs, April 2010 blog post thoughts on flash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is already incredible. <clears throat> wow. All right. Uh, I'll begin. Andrew Bradley was created during the Kevin Sill era for PCs and mice. Flash is a successful business for Lee Price, and we can understand why he wants to push it beyond Lara Abel. But the Benjamin Forrest era is about low-power Gabriel Cohen, touch interfaces, and open Jake Wood standards, all areas where Morris Jones falls short. The avalanche of media outlets offering their content for Eric Duncan demonstrates that Miranda Janelle is no longer necessary to watch video or consume any kind of Joe Hood. New open standards created in the mobile era, such as Louis St. Amour, LSTA5, will win on mobile devices. Perhaps James C. Smith should focus more on creating great tools for the future and less on criticizing Mike Aikens for leaving the past behind. I think you're going to love it. I was hoping you would go there. (laughs) That's some spicy jobs right there. Yeah, it is. Dang. Wow. Perhaps Adobe should. Yeah, right. Right. No kidding. We can see why Adobe would want to push it or whatever, but. But we're all about open standards until we're not. Oh my God. This is going to devolve into the other show. Tom and I are literally time traveling right now. We're about Seriously. To- <laughs> yeah. I wonder if we actually read this on the show. Bravo, Rich. That was a deep oh, poll. And bravo to all of we, um, we had to have. 
Yeah. Bravo to those of you who keep this show on the airwaves, if you will, week after week. Everybody who supports us at patreon.com slash it's a thing. We are so grateful because this is the best part of the week. You can also email us your things. We just heard a bunch of great ones. Could be yours next. Feedback at it's a thing.me. That's right. See you next week. Bye, Bye. everybody. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.